From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 233 for the week of December 19th, 2013. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team. Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Mulata-Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, Allison Henry returns to tell us all about her holiday trip to the Disneyland Resort. And we have our hits and misses of 2013. All that plus this week's news, roundtable rapid fire, and our Diz Sports Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello everyone. Hey. Hey there, hello. hello there. Happy and my, holidays. And I screwed up my script and I didn't have the last line, but I remembered it, so I, I did okay. Nice. Luckily, if it's not on my yeah, usually if it's not on my script, I totally, totally freak out and... and flub it up. Flub you? it up, yes. That's, I know, shut up. No. Um, so this is our final set of shows for the year. Boo. Where did we are, the year go? I know. I we're know. taking we're gonna take a couple weeks off and we will be back with a new set of shows on January 9th. Seems like wow. seems like a long time away. Hey, at least we're two months before Once Upon a Time comes back. Oh stop. Um, <laughs> I'll let you only let you get with way with that because it's on ABC. Um <laughs> See, and that's my point. <laughs> so uh I don't think I've had a, I don't think I mentioned this before on the last podcast. Um, we were there in um, Thanksgiving weekend, and I renewed my premiere pass. This is from Michael, yeah. and I said, <laughs> "My one percenter problem." Yes, exactly. Your 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 first world problems. Um, so I said, "Yeah, yeah, you know, renewing, blah blah blah," and yeah, made a comment of how I would probably have to, you know, get a different ticket or something when I get to Disney World next next week. Yeah, again with you. First world problems. And she's like, "Oh no, no, no! We have the new, we have the new cards now." Ooh. So, um, however, I didn't ever try my card because I was able to attach it to my Magic Band right away, and so I used my Magic Band the whole time and never even had to break out my card except to get the measly ten percent discount at the merchandise place. So. But yeah, that that was that was the word from from the cast member at Disneyland is that they have the they now have the cards with the RFID chip embedded in them. Yes, yes, they do. So well, that's kind of cool. I have some housekeeping regarding the one percent problem. Okay, good. <laughs> so um, I actually contacted Michael and asked him, and he didn't know. And then I found out what the reality was because I called a I called a cast member. So unbeknownst to everybody else, I went to Disneyland to Disney World over the weekend because. My girlfriend was in Miami, and I was like, okay, well, let's go for a couple days, you know, to Magic Kingdom. And so, anyways, so I went to, so I was like, well, I've got a premiere pass. I mean, I don't have a premiere pass, I have a premium pass. Maybe I can upgrade, right? That was the idea. So I called, and here was what, how I was trying to beat the system. And of course, you're probably going to say no, but I'm still sharing that I tried. Um, <laughs> my thinking was, okay, it expires at the end of December. So my first hope was maybe I can upgrade just for the last month. Oh. Like, like, what? Yeah. How much would yeah, it cost? It, no. Right? Yeah, no, they don't okay. prorate. Okay, well, thank you for ruining that. Well, no yes, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't prorate. Yeah. 
But they said if I wanted to go to a premiere pass, it would have I would have lost the rest of that month. Really? That's which I was. That's I'm just saying what she told me when I talked to the ticket person, and I was like, I was clarifying. I was like, so you're saying that I can't upgrade for a pro raid? She's like, no. And said, so if I decided to get a premiere pass today on December 5th, let's say it was, then my new pass would start December 5th. So I would have to pay the premiere price, which basically means, like, technically that other pass would still work, but they couldn't combine them is what they said. I think you would have been in a different situation if you were at Disneyland. No, I was. Oh, boom, in your face. I was at Disneyland. You were at Disneyland? Really? <laughs> I called Disneyland's ticket people. No, 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 because if you – okay, so you had a premium. Yes. Okay, so what if you had just gone in and renewed your premium? You you were within the window to be able to renew your premium, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, so you renew your premium, so then it expires December of 2014. Mm-hmm. And then you upgrade to Premiere. But I still technically – she's right, though. I still would have lost those extra 20 days. No way. No, no, because if you renew – it, it it just extends your your year for your pass for a year. Well, that's what she said. Was basically don't do it. You'll lose your days. Basically, she didn't say you'd lose your days, but she said that. And I was like, okay, so to clarify. I don't it, think. Yeah. I okay. No, maybe she could be wrong. Obviously, they're not. But I'm just saying, I tried, and yeah. that's what I was told. Okay. That was disappointing. Well, I was hoping to do a prorated kind of thing. Yeah. No, and yeah. she said no. If you do a premiere, you have to. Pay the full. Even if it would have been the extra amount, I would have been willing to like maybe do it then, just like that, you know. But they said um, no, you would have had to do it all up front. I'm like, okay, never mind. So years ago, they used to do that. Yes, I know. They used to do more of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so there you go. There's my little. Yeah. So I'm still just a lowly premium. A lowly premium. Uh, <laughs> you poor thing. Yeah. Um. We want to send out best wishes to Pete Werner, owner yeah. of the Disboards uh, and host of the yeah. Dis Unplugged Orlando edition. He will be is facing some back surgery the first part of the year, so be sure to keep him in your thoughts and prayers and send him Perfect. some send him some pixie dust. Yeah. Um, any other housekeeping? Mary I Jones? have some. Go ahead. Who, me Michael. or Mary yep, Jane? Michael, Michael. Oh, okay. Well, you, you may remember that I've talked about the Water to Paper, Paint to Sky, the Art of Tyrus Wong exhibit at the Walt Disney Family Museum, did a segment on it. And they, they made an unlikely discovery. Uh, midway through the exhibition, they, un, they uncovered some artwork done by Tyrus Wong. It's a larger-than-life-size painting. um, It was formerly titled Jesus, and it was hidden away and assumed forgotten in a church in San Francisco's Chinatown. Um, So what they've done is they've reduced the surface um, dirt. um, They're supporting the frame and preparing it for exhibition, and they're going to add it to to the current exhibit. Um, Before it's Discovery, Wong had painted Jesus on request from Reverend T.T. Tam for the Chinese Congregational Church in Los Angeles in 1935. But according to Wong, the church's caretaker did not like the painting and asked for it to be removed because he felt it should be depicted in a more traditional manner. 
um, when Wong painted Jesus, um, this, he painted him with his hair and beard red and with archetypal, arch, however you'd say it, Asian facial features. So, um, which was sort of influencing Los Angeles artists at that time. Nobody really knows how this painting made its way to San Francisco, but they think it traveled with the Reverend when he moved to the city around 1939. And so it's been sitting at the Chinese United Methodist Church in San wow. Francisco for 75 years, and it's just wow. been collecting dusts, dust. So it's going to be on view in time for the holiday season. The museum is going to finish its restoration and put it on exhibition beginning Saturday, December 21st. And it will be there until the exhibition closes on February 3rd, 2014. Very cool. Yeah, so pretty remarkable. So so if you've already seen a Tyra Swang exhibit, this is a really good reason to go back and see it. Painting Uncovered. Yeah, yeah. How how unusual is that? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of uh, housekeeping. It was hidden behind a. It was hidden behind a painting of dogs playing poker. Yeah, <laughs> on velvet. <laughs> on velvet. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Major. Well, over at the Grand California Hotel, they had an event this past Tuesday, and I believe they had it all week. But I got to go on Tuesday, and it was a Saving Mr. Banks um, preview. Okay, cool. And I believe the Disney Burbank. Studios put it on, but they did it at Disneyland. It was such a wonderful event. We had the characters from the movies were there. Um, Stacia Martin was there, and she gave us a little slideshow of Mary Poppins, the movie, and a little preview. We had props from the movie. There were picture-taking opportunities with scenes in the background and hors d'oeuvres. It was really really well done and then after all of this we went to the AMC theaters and saw the movie itself we checked in at 6.30 and it didn't end until midnight and this was the Disney blog had um, an opportunity for people to um, post uh, a request to join and if they if you got picked you got to go and it and it was free it was to me one of the best events that they had all year that we went to so we were able to see Saving Mr. Banks, and I highly recommend the movie. Um, if people are going to look for a happy-go-lucky Disney movie, this is not it. It's more of a story, as a lot of you know, um, about Walt Disney and P.L. Travers and trying and getting the movie made. Very, very interesting. Some of the cool things for us Disney geeks are um, Disneyland how they made Disneyland look like it was in the 1960s again, and the Disney Studios, as well as the story itself. Has anybody seen it yet? No. Not yet. No. no. One, two. You've seen it twice now, right? Yeah, I'm going to go see it tomorrow oh, with Kelly. Okay. I, yeah, I purchased a ticket to go to the, Dis- to okay. the, um, to the Disney Studios, and then we get a, a Walk in Walt's Footsteps tour after the, nice. after the movie, and we get a DVD of the movie. Oh, so that one I DVD of Mary Poppins. Excuse me, DVD of Mary Poppins. Okay. It's the 50th anniversary. Cool. So uh, that's really exciting to to um that we're going to do that. The other thing I got to do this last week was again through the Disney blog um, was uh, walk along Buena Vista Street with an Imagineer. 
And we had the Imagineer Jay walk with our group. They were taking people up to groups of 25. And two other Dizzers, Cheryl and Linda, also were on the tour with me um, with on the same tour that I was on. And it was just a lot of fun. It was an hour tour of Buena Vista Street. And they took us into 1901 Lounge and gave us a tour, let us walk in there and take pictures. And do you guys know about the special effect they have in that lounge? Yeah, it's a little creepy, I think. I thought it was so cool. It could be creepy if you're in there by yourself, but (laughs) a lot of people, it was it was really cool. And then the bartender, very, very amusing bartender, um, showed us how they make those perfect ice spheres for their martinis or their Manhattans and other drinks that they have there. So he gave us a demonstration of that, which I thought was really neat. And then after that, they gave us a tour of Carthay, uh, the Carthay restaurant. And then we found out that you can reserve, they have one private room that you can reserve at the Carthay Circle restaurant, but you have to guarantee a minimum of a $750 Whoa. meal. Yes. The Naparose one's a lot more expensive than that one. But we, we figured with 12 people, yeah. you could, you know, yeah. you, for us, you can make it happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 12 minutes splitting, splitting the cost. But um, we asked if you could see Can we do like 12 separate checks, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and, we, and we all have annual passes. Yeah. Mm. And a 22% uh, tip. Oh, jeez. Recommended tip. And then have you, the base of that, that table is Snow White's Wishing Well. Oh wow. So there were a lot of, um, details in the restaurant that they pointed out to us that I thought were really interesting. And so, and so that, and and again, it was a really nice way to spend the morning at, at Disneyland, at the Disneyland Resort. So I say pay attention to the Disneyland blog or to the Disney blog for the Disneyland events. And, um, have an opportunity. And my daughter has a friend, Gareth. Uh, every event I've gone to, I've seen Gareth there. <laughs> he so must I just sit him. at his computer hitting refresh. Yeah. He, yeah. He, yeah, he checks it all the time. So he's, he's at all of them. So I always, I always, um, text Kelly that I saw him. And then he has a friend. <laughs> well, he's a cast member. And I'm trying to remember. I think his oh, name okay. is Andre. Super okay. nice cast member. So if you guys see super nice cast member Andre at the fantasy fair, Make a lot of noise and say hi to him because he was he was great. Awesome. But anyway, that's that's my housekeeping. Okay. Any other housekeeping? Uh, I'll shoot. I'll go for one. What the okay, heck? Go ahead. Um, so we stayed at the Disneyland Hotel this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, went just to have a nice weekend for with friends from out of town. And like you, Tom, mm-hmm. we actually got a continuing stay letter. Oh, nice. 129. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you are staying over the holiday season and you know your return can be flexible, I would keep an eye out because frankly, they haven't done these kinds of letters in the last three or four years. So this is kind of interesting that they actually have the rooms available. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That that they're not selling out the hotels anymore. This is the first year in a while that they haven't sold out the hotels. So, oh, and by the way, it was crazed this weekend. Yeah, it was. It was very busy. Tom and I actually ran into each other yeah. this weekend. I ran uh, the other way. 
Something like that. <laughs> she tried to run away, but then they, the the cast I left a were, child with you. <laughs> well, no, at, at, at Viva Navidad, they wouldn't let you cross back over to your family. I know. It was so funny. So I stayed so there. So how did you like Viva Navidad? Tom? Oh, no, it's awesome. I've seen it before. kind of seen it before. It was fun. We watched it from the backside. You know, like the backside oh. of water, the backside of Viva Navidad. Yeah, it's not the same, but... But it was, I was surprised how good of a show it was from the backside. Because the dancers try really hard to play to either side of the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know that there was a front side or backside. Well, there's kind of a front side from, you know, where the stage and the three caballeros are. The other thing I wanted to say was we did a couple of the extra Christmas things that we hadn't heard about or that didn't stick out prominently, like the Elf Days. Well, that was limited time magic. It was just for a week. Yeah, but that was very cool. Yeah. It was a a cute one. I saw people walking around with the buttons. Yeah. My girls got them. And it it was funny because, you know, you'd see them and they had, like, initials and then a word well it turned out that the way the initials went depended on what kind of elf you were uh, if you were a tracker a packer a, uh, you know slacker yes <laughs> can you, oh my can gosh you back, can you back up just a little bit though so what happens there you walk in and then they assign you buttons okay nope nope nope, nope. No, it's kind of like the the. It's just the regular Redwood Creek. Remember when deal, they right? did the um? Yeah, remember when how they do it with you know Doug and 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 um. No. Oh my God, I forgot his name. Russell. <laughs> Russell, the Explorer Scouts. You know, you go around the the thing and you collect these little stickers and you become oh. a wilderness explorer. Well, they had packages, um, hidden throughout the the whole um, Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. And and then there were also some specific elf-specific activities. Like they took the, the two big log slides and they gave you a little square present at the top of the log slide. And you had to slide down and toss it in the, the package, Neat. toss it in the sack at the end of the log slide. So it was cute. So that was your packing challenge. And then once you finished, you went into, um, you went into the uh, Wanahee Camp Circle and you showed them your filled out form, which you had to do some, you know, some special uh, puzzle solving to actually complete the form. And then they gave you your elf name, and then you took a nice picture in a little Santa's sled cutout. And then, and there was an elf playing the guitar, trying to get people to sing along and Wouldn't have fun. Uh, you know, he was, he was actually very energetic. I thought, man, <laughs> he's got a long day ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool. cool. It was really, it was really fun. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else important from this weekend. Nope. Okay, good. Um, any other <laughs> housekeeping? We got, we're, we're like half an hour in. We haven't got to news yet. Yeah, any other housekeeping? Hey, it's a news show. Um, don't forget about chat night. Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at dlpodcast.wdwinfo.com. Uh, Disunplug.com is where you'll find links to all our show notes and links to anything we talk about. 
Uh, don't forget there's still spots available on Podcast Cruise 5.0. That is November 30th, 2014. If you go back and listen to the show that the Orlando team recorded at the Boardwalk Hotel during Dizzapalooza, there's an exciting announcement about the entertainment on Podcast Cruise 5.0, so you might want to listen to that. I don't want to spoil it yet for those that haven't listened. So. Somebody... Uh... Somebody, I can't say who it is, but somebody sent me a, a message on Facebook that um, his family's going, and it, because of the person that is going to Dreams be. Unlimited, uh, that they got to go on the uh, cruise, so I'm excited. Yep. Very good. Um, oh, we should also mention we're all on Twitter. Follow us, and uh, oh, and leave us a review on iTunes. Yep. If it's good. Tom, if it's good. Nice, yeah. <laughs> if it's good. Only if it's good. Oh, and remember that we have a Phoenix meet coming up. For uh, Tucson. Tucson meet. Tucson. I'm sorry. Tucson in Arizona. And I know I'm going. In, in, end of October on that. So if you're interested in helping Nicole out plan, she's got a Facebook group going, and she also has the thread on the, on the Disneyland boards. It's, it's stickied at the top. So she should be able to find it. It should be an awesome time, Mary Jo. I thought weren't you talking about going too, if you could? Oh yeah, that's yeah. Definitely. I'm going. There'll be all kinds of fun stuff. Great time will be had by all. Yep. All right, that should do it for housekeeping, please. All right, over to Tony with the news. We're on the next episode already, aren't we? Yes, we are. The news <laughs> is already. Yeah, the news <laughs> is over. <laughs> okay. Why that's exciting. when. Ahead, dude. Twins are split over Walt Disney's millions of dollars. Oh, no. Walt Disney's youngest daughter, Sharon Disney Lund, who died in 1993, left a massive trust fund to her children, Michelle Lund and Brad Lund. The twins were to be given lump payments from their estate at their 35th, 40th, and 45th birthdays. At each of those milestones, they were to be given a 20% slice of whatever was in their trust. But the 43-year-old twins have not spoken since 2009 when the trustees stopped making Brad's payments after Michelle claimed he had Down syndrome, the Daily Mail reported. Which is interesting because I don't know why you wouldn't get it if you had Down syndrome, but okay. According to the terms of Sharon's will, oh, here we go. See, this is exciting. This is why you continue to read. (laughs) According to the terms of Sharon's will, trustees were instructed to withhold payment if either of the children had not quote, demonstrated the maturity and financial ability to manage and utilize such funds in a prudent and reasonable manner. Brad was told that he did not meet the standard while his sister did, and she has received her payments. Brad is backed by the twins' father, Bill Lund, who married Sharon Disney in 1968 and helped build Walt Disney World in Florida. The couple divorced in 1977. Now age 79, Lund has said the feud has torn the family apart. In 2009, Michelle had a brain aneurysm, which Brad said left her with brain damage. However, the trustees decided she could have her 40th birthday payment because she was 98% back to normal. In a petition to the court, Brad is accusing the trustees of a breach of trust demanding payment of his lump, of his birthday lump sums, the removal of the trustees, and punitive damages against him. Members on his side of the argument have said he is modest in his spending and lives well below his means, as opposed to his sister, who has bought numerous multi-million dollar homes and throws lavish parties. But... <laughs> Sorry, this isn't funny, but it's funny. No, it is funny. But the trustees have suggested Brad is not able to manage his inheritance owing to a chronic cognitive disability and lack of maturity. Then she said, 
he always gets the front seat in the window. <laughs> and she says, Mom. Yeah. Um, neither twin has been diagnosed with the conditions described. In 2002, the twins' childless half-sister, Victoria, died. According to Brad, her 35th birthday distribution was made even though she was abusing drugs and alcohol, and the trustees had questions regarding her maturity. Following her death, what remained in her trust is believed to have been added to the hundreds of millions of dollars in the twins' trusts. Wow, that's... Jeez. That's a, there's a lot wow. of stuff there. <laughs> Can't that just skip a generation? Don't they have kids? Do they have actually have kids? Yeah, I have no idea. Based on the fact that they are, don't have maturity to do anything, supposedly, I don't know how they have maturity. <laughs> it doesn't to take children. much maturity. Never mind. So yeah, really. There are a lot of people in this world who don't have the maturity to have children. They're real different from Diane and Ron yeah, Miller's yeah, yeah. children. <laughs> or, or Susan's children. Yeah. Very different. Very sad. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. First world problems. There you go. <laughs> And we thought our first world problems were bad. <laughs> really, right? Hey, man, I'm recording this after just coming off of Novocaine from a root canal, mm. so. <laughs> That's not first world problems. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, actually it is. Go ahead, Tony, just to interrupt. Well, then you're not getting your trust fund because you've been Novocaine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that we talked a little bit about on our one of our last episodes that the uh, Arctic um, hub that they're building was getting further and was getting closer to um, being completed, and you're going to hear a little bit more about that right now. City officials will not reveal how much they plan to spend on operating a $185.2 million transportation hub under construction near Angel Stadium. Natalie Meeks, the head of the Anaheim's Public Works Department, denied a public records request submitted last month by the Orange County Register asking for the estimated maintenance costs for the new Anaheim Regional Transportation Intermodal Center set to open late next year. The Public Works Department in September issued a call for a, for property management companies interested in overseeing the day-to-day -day functions for Arctic, including security, janitorial services, and leasing to dining and retail concessionaires. Ooh, that's going to be some more food for these. Just those. Sorry. Okay. Four companies submitted proposals by the October 17th deadline, but Meeks refused to provide an estimate of how much the city planned to spend on the proposed four-year contract. I'm not going to give you a number right now because we are in the middle of proposals and people have just submitted to us their costs, Meeks told a reporter in November. We're going through those in detail and I can't share those with you right now. The information, she said, would be released when the city council considers a contract with any potential property managers in the future. Meeks' refusal to provide cost estimates for maintaining Arctic prompted the register in November to file a public records request to examine documents containing the estimates. The request was then denied. In a subsequent email, Meeks said she could not provide an estimate because she was examining the property management proposals, which varied in scope and cost. Later on, Meeks cited a legal ruling that allows her to keep the information under wraps until a property <laughs> management contract is placed on the city council agenda. Construction began in September 2012 on Arctic, a 67,000-square-foot terminal that will provide access to, access to Amtrak, Metrolink, buses, and taxis. Construction is funded primarily by Orange County's half-percent sales tax approved by voters for such transportation improvements. And I'm city officials did not submit operation estimates to the Orange County Transportation Authority's board, agency spokesman Joel Zlotnick. As is the case with other rail projects across the county, Zlotnick said OCTA provides funding for construction while individual cities are responsible for maintenance costs. Anaheim Mayor Tom Tate said he was not sure if in a written 
said he was not sure if a written estimate for Arctic's operating costs even existed. But are these the uh, same people that are doing the bullet train? Uh, no, 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 actually. <laughs> but if there are out there, then I think they should be made public, said Tate, who will join OCTA's board in January. I would like to think that some sort of estimate was drawn up during the planning process, but I'm not privy to that. Meeks also declined to state how many employees could end up working at Arctic, along with the estimated value of striking up a separate contract with a corporate sponsor that would pay to put its name on Arctic. Revenue generated from a naming rights deal, plus advertising opportunities in retail and cyber terminal, would go toward paying for operations and maintenance after the transportation hub opens. City officials last month put out a call for third-party companies interested in brokering the naming rights contracts after negotiations collapsed on a deal that would have followed Freedom allowed Freedom Communications, the parent company of the Orange County Register, to help Anaheim find a corporate sponsor. The end. Whew, that was a long one. (laughs) Jeez. There you go. Thank you, Tony. Is that the news? That's the news. Awesome. Thank you so much. Time for rapid fire. Let's start with Michael. Okay, I have a couple of things all dealing with Walt Disney. Um, First of all, the January events at the Walt Disney Family Museum are out. They have some cool stuff coming up. First of all, if you go to the museum on January 1st, New Year's Day, it will be closed. Um, (laughs) Don't go then. (laughs) Don't go. Um, Film of the Month continues to be Mary Poppins as it celebrates its 50th anniversary. They also are um, doing another special screening. Um, It's in conjunction with their exhibition they're doing on Italian animator and director Bruno Bazzetto. They're showing a number of his um, animated shorts. Um, There's a couple of different open studio events going on. One is you can learn um, how to do brush strokes and calligraphy on several days um, in January. Another open studio is also um, toys and inventions that you can use reclaimed materials um, the way Tyrus Wong did in order to make your own toys and inventions. And this is these open studios are free with museum admission, which is really nice. Uh, a couple of other things, they also have a kite-making workshop um, on... January 18th, where you can learn all about the history and traditions of kite making and make your own kites from paper and bamboo and learn how to decorate them. Uh, there is a fee for that. Um, there and if there, uh, There's a talk that I have tickets to and we'll be talking about on the show. It's behind the scenes of Walt Disney's Mary Poppins on January 18th at 3 o'clock. You can join Dave Smith, the Disney chief architect Archivist Emeritus for a historical behind-the-scenes look at the origins of the films whose 50th anniversary is celebrated this year. And um, they have a couple of spotlight talks also in the month on Bruno Bazzetto. Um, that's in the in the um, studio galleries. Those are also free with museum admission. So we'll have a link in our show notes to the museum website where you can find out more information and ticket prices and things like that. Another thing that's going on is, you know, um, Disneyland has its museum. Uh, I'm sorry, Disneyland has its theme park. San Francisco has its museum. Uh, Orlando has some Disney thing going on. And <laughs> also Chicago now has... A Disney home. Chicago, you might know, is the birthplace of Walt Disney, not Marceline. And his home 
is now, um, which has been privately owned for generations, is now has been purchased and is now in the process of being restored and will be then be open to the public. So the homes owned by Brent Young and, and Dinah Benedin, they want to restore and preserve the house in which Walt and his brother Roy were born. This house was built by their father, Elias Disney, in 1893 and was designed by their mother, Flora. And after the house is restored, it's going to serve as a historic site, a museum, and a community resource um, designed to enhance and explore childhood creativity. Now, the thing is, this house was built when Elias was starting a sort of a carpentry enterprise, and Flora would, at night, help work and design the homes. They were usually duplexes or flats. And they, she then designed this one for their own family. Um, however, when Walt was four, after Elias became concerned seeing how boys were getting into trouble in Chicago, including a nephew of his was getting into problems with the law. And that's when Elias decided to buy a farm in Marceline and moved the family there because he didn't want his own children growing up in the city and possibly, you know, running, you know, with the wrong crowd. So the thing is that the home here in Chicago, which is in the, uh, I believe it's in the Hermosa district, is has gone through a lot of changes, renovations, a lot of the original architecture and all that has been covered up. And so they want to restore um, the original details of the home. So they've actually started a Kickstarter, um, you know, pr- um, program to help fund the, this enterprise. And they hope to open it next year on Walt Disney's birthday in 2014 on December 5th. So we'll have more information on this in a link to our show notes if you want to learn a little more about the house and its history. Very cool. Thank you, Michael. Mary Jo? Well, we still have a couple more weeks before the end of the year, but it will No, no, we're soon. done. This is the last... Oh, sorry, go ahead. But even if this is our last show, I'm we just, still have a couple I'm of I'm just weeks. playing. Go ahead. <laughs> you me cry. Um, well, <laughs> beginning on January 6th, we start with our refurbishments for the new year, mm-hmm. and one of the biggest ones is going to be the Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage, which will close for an extended refurbishment to reopen in late 2014. So it's going to be down for probably the full year. During this time, the 5 million gallons of water in the lagoon will be drained. The teams at Disneyland to perform the refurbishment. The 5 million gallons of water from the lagoon will be treated by the Orange County Sanitation District before going into the local groundwater aquifer. Draining and refilling a body of water this size, um, will take about 50 hours to fill the lagoon. And um, when it when the attraction reopens in late 2014, um, the water, the excuse me, the underwater rock work should be a lot more colorful and they're going to be repainting everything and making it look pretty for us. So if you see the Matterhorn starting to slip down. <laughs> <laughs> now I thought they, the, you know, the, art, the article talks about the, the glass that they used to paint it. I thought the point of using that was so that they didn't have to ever drain it and repaint it. 
I, you know, I thought that that also like the chlorine would keep it, but yeah, oh, over thirty tons of recycled glass were used when they when they did right, the lagoon. Right. Yeah. So it was like yeah. a special process they created to 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 paint it with with yes, the, it wasn't the glass. As good as they thought. I guess. <laughs> well, or or this is just spin. Because other websites are reporting that right. the Finding Nemo submarine voyage isn't coming back. Ooh, that's what, that's what we're hearing a lot. There's there's yeah. been a lot of um, scuttlebutt around saying that, and I think Michael's heard it too. Yep, definitely heard yeah. it. Yeah, that this is it's like the last time they shut it down, and it was only going to be temporary. Kind of like rocket rods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- that's the story that's going around that this is a permanent closure. Yeah, yeah it's it's it really is a an expensive attraction, and I mean the other rumors that we heard that seemed to have been put on hold also was that they were going to be um, building part of the Star Wars themed area over here, right? Right. So we've been hearing lots of lots of stories, and I'm sure when uh, Tom. Talks to Aaron, she'll let him know all the behind the scenes, uh, real yeah, stories. Yeah, <laughs> not, not. <laughs> no? Yeah, uh, we're not gonna, we're not Aaron gonna wrote that article. On Aaron wrote that article. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so stay tuned and see what, what happens. So, yeah, get your last few rides in before the end of the year. Yeah. And pictures. And pictures. And let's hope the rumors are just that. Yep. And that it'll reopen. Yeah. All right, my turn next. Or, or else they'll put Jar Jar Binks in, in his underwater <laughs> city. <laughs> oh. oh, well, okay, now that, now you bring, okay, never mind. <laughs> oh, you like Jar Jar Binks. No, no. Uh, actually, I've never seen those movies, but, um, that's one of my, never? that's one of my favorite sequences of, of Star Tours, though. Star Tours, yeah. yeah. The slobber, yay. Well, no, but okay. All right, um, just a reminder since we're, not going to be around next week. Three Kings Day is January 3rd through the 6th at the Disneyland Resort. Um, we don't know any details yet, but we're assuming it's going to be at the Big Thunder Ranch Festival Arena or, or uh, Jingle Jingle Jamboree or the Jamboree, whatever it is, whatever they're calling it now. Um, usually they have special decor and entertainment showcasing Western and Mexican heritage. Uh, usually have their characters in their Fiesta Finest. And they will, sh- I'm sure, have special performances of music and dance and things like that. Um, this may pull away some some of the stuff from Viva Navidad, but I'm, I'm assuming they will have Three Kings Day in both locations. So, isn't that the final weekend for Billy Hill and the Hillbillies? That is the final yeah. weekend of. Billy and wasn't it interesting? They're performing at Knott's Berry Farm. Yes, maybe we should get them on the show to talk about Knott's Berry Farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Nancy. Okay, I am wrapping up the holidays with mine. Um, I have a couple new things to um, talk about. First off, um, if you are staying through the holidays, you have a few new um, new little activities that are specific to resort guests of the of any of the three Disneyland Resort hotels. One of the co- things I noticed is now. You know how it used to be each hotel had its own um, 
little extra, you know, tours and stuff. Mm-hmm. They now list all of the hotel, all the different hotel activities on one form now. Oh, so the gra- nice. there's no difference between the Grand and the Disneyland and the Paradise Pier. Okay. So, um, keeping that in mind, uh, there is a winter ornament workshop being held at Pinocchio's workshop for hotel guests. It's $20. Uh, youngest age is three and up to participate. And you make um, an ornament themed to one of the fi- Fab Five characters. And then they instruct you how to make it. That's one uh, one of the things that's going on through the holiday, through the end of the a year. Um, also, there's the merriest holiday hunt. So for those of y'all staying next week, you know, go to the guest services desk to get your hunt supplies. And I believe that involves something that you know coming back at the end with whatever you've done to get to receive something. Um, also, they've added a new thing, classic attraction trivia challenges. And there are several to choose from. Um, Finding Nemo, which they won't be having very much longer. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, and It's a Small World. And there is a um, special ex- um, a special takeaway. Once you're done, you go back to guest services and... And get your thing. So that's a few things. And also remember that the magical night at the movies at the resorts is held at the outdoor fireplace um, near the Mariposa Pool at the Grand Californian. Now, they actually do say the outdoor fireplace at the wedding garden, but that's not wedding garden anymore. When I got married there, it was the wedding garden. (laughs) Hey, you got married there, Nancy? No, twelve years ago this month. Wow. Yeah. So that's a bit of update. Oh, and also they've um, moved the Pilates class, the Fitness Fusion, um, oh, to damn. the Grand Californians Outdoor Fireplace. Oh man, I was going to go to. Oh, and uh, where the smokers are? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah, at that age, at that hour in the morning, I don't think there's a whole lot of smokers up there. Oh, you'd be surprised. Okay, maybe. <laughs> anyway, okay. moving onward. Oh, that um, was it? Okay. No, my Rapid other... Rapid fire. House. Okay. Rapid fire. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so holidays and New Year's, of course, that's the one we're not, you know, we're not going to be around to tell you about the New Year's stuff, so here it is now. So tough luck. You're on your own. There are a handful of parties and uh, special things. One of them, Ralph. Probably already sold out. Well, it's always good to call. Um, Ralph Brennan's has a three-course dinner party: hats, masks, and beads. Live music, jazz musicians, photo booth, balloon artist. Kids are welcome. Twenty dollars for kids. And ninety-nine for adults, plus tax and gratuity. Uva Bar has started a new program starting this month, Beer and Burger of the Month. How is, how is that related to New Year's? You know, if you can't find any other place, go to the Uva Bar and get a beer and burger. <laughs> okay, lamb burger. So actually this month it's a tuna burger with ginger spice fries and uh, 
um, Cismontane, the citizen craft beer from Rancho Santa Margarita, she's, California. She's just pulling stuff off the internet. Okay, thank you, Nancy. Craft beer? If you're there next week, Catal has a kid's menu. And sold out probably already is the Napa Roses celebration, 125 plus tax. Five course tasting menu, 220 plus tax. Um, Flo's V8 has a meatloaf with Coca-Cola barbecue sauce as a special they have that all New the Year's time. meal. No, no, no. It's normally pork oh. with Coca-Cola barbecue sauce. I had it this weekend, so I know. Um, Carnation Cafe has a special New Year's menu of surf and turf. French Market has roasted pork chop with Calvados applesauce. Braised greens and sweet potato souffle, blue bayou. Hey, and that's like drunk applesauce. Calvados <laughs> is an excellent, excellent um, apple alcohol. Um, Cafe Orleans, Orleans, take your pick. Flat iron steak with bone marrow, demi-glaze, garlic mash, and acorn squash. And the blue bayou, get this, all they have is a seafood pot pie. That's the description. Seafood pot pie. There you go. Steakhouse 55, pre-fee three-course meal, $65, includes spinach salad, filet, and lobster, and chocolate pate. That, at Steakhouse 55, is a freaking bargain. Uh Let's go. And so Storyteller says a special dinner, and there's New Year's cupcakes at any of the bakeries. So, And it has silver disco dust on it. And that is the way to end a New Year's celebration. Yes, oh, and if you're in the park, dust. and if it's your first time in the park on New Year's Eve. <laughs> you poor thing. I, no, actually what you want to do is make sure you are not in front of the freaking castle for fireworks. Why? In the hub, it's horrible. It is like salmon swimming upstream, only there's no way to go. Yeah. Well, and make sure er, you get to the park you want to be at for midnight early and stay there and don't leave. Yeah, especially since the what I heard the park closed admittance um, at like one o'clock yesterday at Disneyland. Oh, wow. So yeah, I mean we should all be thankful we were in there, but dang. Yeah. Well, I posted that picture up on Twitter of the of the lines. That were so far back. I mean, they were all all the way to the compass rose when we switched parts. Wow. So, go big. Okay, thank you, Nancy. Tony? Yep. Okay, just when you thought New Year's was over with food. <laughs> Not you two. <laughs> but yeah, but again, I understand the definition of... It's rapid fire. You know what? Actually, yeah. You know what? We're going to do some live... Uh, you know, and for those of you that understand Common Core, you're supposed to be look def- defining ver- defining words <laughs> using print or digital references. So I'm going to Google right now the word rapid and let everybody know what rapid is supposed to mean. Rapid is an adjective happening in a short time or at a fast pace. I had fast okay. pace. I just want to stand up for myself and say I had fast Not pace. Not a short time. Anyways, so... Um, I'm going to give you one restaurant in San Diego, of course, at the zoo for New Year's. Okay. But I actually have the menu. So uh, Albert's Restaurant at the Zoo. And again, if you go to the this, the website at SanDiegoZoo.org and click on special events, you'll see the big gorilla staring at you at the in their header of their website, Stop which doesn't make – yeah, it doesn't make me want to eat. But um, 
They're having Albert's mildly wild New Year's Eve dinner. Seating begins at five. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, seating begins at five p.m. You can ring in the New Year a little early with us and enjoy a delicious dinner, specially prepared by Executive Chef Chris Merguey and Albert's Chef Charles Bucas. Sixty-five dollars per person plus tax and gratuity. Um, if you're not a member of the zoo society, you have to add your own zoo admission. Wine pairing available for an additional $15. To reserve your New Year's Eve celebration, 619-557-3964. And their menu has appetizers, white bean hummus with basil oil, sweet potato soup with ginger and apple bowl. Mm-hmm. Their entree is a braised lamb shank. Oh, this is the wrong one. That's Christmas. Sorry. <laughs> I clicked on the, I swear I clicked on the right one. Um, so much Christmas spe- Okay. Well, no way. I know. I, you thought it. You okay, said it, I, I found it. it. No, I did it. You're right. Okay, sorry. You I cursed yourself. I did. A moose bouche, pork belly, celery. <laughs> hey, help you me just out. Celeriac, celeriac puree. Okay. What's that? That wasn't really figuring you would know, Tom. Puree of celery. Okay. Fried <laughs> bread <laughs> and chives. Yeah. First course is a cherry wood smoked duck breast. Barbecue pearl onions, udon noodles, green onion, cilantro, and it's paired with the 2012 wild horse. That's for picking yourself. That's such a golf voice. Second course is tat soy salad, savory cabbage, black fig, black pepper wontons, charred nori vinaigrette, and I don't know what NV stands for in the wine community, but it's that with Rufino Prosecco. It's a new vintage. Oh, I just made right. that up. I'm kidding. I don't know. Um, entree is the American Kobe sirloin, roasted chi- chipolini onions, charred avocado, ginger roasted marble potatoes, sesame butter glaze, 2007 St. Francis Merlot, or pan-seared white sea bass, crisp Brussels sprouts, green onion, yellow tomato, citrus rice, miso cream, paired with the lovely 2011 William Hill Estate <laughs> Chardonnay. People are probably going, that sounds really good, but I don't, I'm not like the wine guy, so I know. Dessert is white and darklet. Chocolate sesame mousse, so it sounds like a little big Asian fusion thing going on here. Cherry sauce, and it's paired with the 2011 Ferrari Carano Eldorado Noir. Ryan pairing is an additional $15 for three-ounce glasses of wine if you want to eat at the San Diego Zoo with some animals for New Year's. No panda. No panda. Let's uh. moose. <laughs> you have to go to panda for panda. Oh. All right, thank you, Tony, and that will do it for a rapid fire. Time for our final thread of the week of the year, Mary Jo. Well, to continue our theme of attractions. We had a theme this, of attraction. okay. Well, we had the yeah, we favorite attraction, the worst attraction, and this one comes to us from AWD's Mama, and she's been with the distance November of 2011, and she comes from the Pacific Northwest, and she says, is there a rehab that would cause you to avoid booking your trip for specific dates? Thinking of a March trip and I am bummed to see Soaring Down. It's one of my favorites, but it's not a deal breaker for me. That got me thinking. Is there an attraction that is a deal breaker for you? That is, if you were, that if it were on the rehab list for your preferred date, you'd reschedule your vacation. And so I'm going to ask you guys, pretend that you yeah, rarely go to Disneyland. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And is there an attra- is there an attraction that if it were down, we'll we'll, we'll put the Matterhorn aside for now, um, <laughs> that would cause you to reschedule your trip so that you could experience that attraction. Michael, 
I don't think there'd be one. Remember there used to be that Bermuda Triangle of closures where it was like Matterhorn would be down and Haunted Mansion would be down and Small World would be down. Yeah. And then there would be a smattering of others. That time of year, I would prefer not to go. But now they've sort of spread them out. So I don't think there's any one that if it were closed, I would go. Unless I were going to... um seeing Cars Land for the first time and Radiator Springs was down, right. Radiator Springs Racers, then I would definitely change it. That would be a good good choice. Nancy, what about you? The answer is no. There is absolutely nothing that I would postpone my trip for because I look at it this way. I'm lucky enough to go. I'm lucky. You know, if I were a person, no, that's that's just my way. You know, I go when I have to go. I've got kids in school. You know, I'm not limited by my job, but I'm limited by their vacation times now. So when I used to like to go mid-December, I can't do that anymore. You know, it just doesn't. So you would deal with whatever. Yeah, I mean, and the whole point is... Yes, things go down. Big whoop. Things go down. Radiator Springs is down every day. No, but this would be like a refurbishment, not not just no. I know, I know. Closure for the day. Like right now, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is down. It's been down for months, 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 months. You know, we get used to that here in California as locals. I mean, I understand. I know, I know, but I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm giving you a point. This isn't rapid fire. She can take her time. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love me. <laughs> anyway, I mean, you're blessed to go. Why put that much stock in setting yourself up for disappointment, though? I mean, because what if, what if something goes down? I mean, in some ways, a closure on a vacation is like a ride going down when you're there any time. Okay. You, at least you know it's down. You can plan around it. That's a good point. And, and you know, why set yourself up to fail in your expectation? I mean... Set yourself up for disappointment. Okay. Set yourself up for disappointment. I mean, let's face it. We all live in a world where we have to go when we have to go. Mm-hmm. There's no need. Speaking of, it's been an hour. I've got to go. Yeah, I was just thinking. <laughs> okay, well, let me go to Tony. What about you, Tony? Is there anyone right No. That? No? You're with Nancy no. and Michael. Yeah, no, I don't know. I think it's a pretty, like, an easy no. I've okay. been there when there's tons of stuff closed. Like, I hate to make this not the most exciting answer well, but, but no but if if i were a the carpenter right i don't know if i were a tourist i am a tourist but if i were only, if i only came once a year or something like that i think i would be upset if i came when like they did a few years ago and the rivers of america were drained and there was no um, sailing ship Columbia, no rafts, no phantasmic. That would kind of put a damper on things. Remember when they were? You know what? And they had the walls covering the whole river. Uh, and yeah, that was kind of. Yeah. I yeah that would. 
I would I would have planned around that if I were if I were a tourist. I, well, the very first time that I went to Walt Disney World, um, I purposely waited until they finished Animal Kingdom. It was open a year before I took my kids there so that we could experience it. You what's, know, what's so. the consensus on the boards, sir? The consensus is basically um, pretty much like what, what Michael said. Is if it's just one uh, attraction, that wouldn't stop anybody. But if it was a series of attractions, right? Um, they that would be upsetting. Yeah. And you know, there's one um, whoever. <laughs> Actually, there's a person, a poster named whoever. But um, if the roommates were such a deal, she'd not be going. This person's going on Dapper Day because she's staying with a for the convention and she got good rates. Mm-hmm. But Splash Mountain, Alice, Wonderland, Nemo are all going to be closed, and so she's really upset. And I yeah. think Pirates will be down, and it's going to be um, up about the time that she goes. But like Michael said, that's that. We lost you. One attraction, so that impacts. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. But like so Michael that said, impacts it. So like Michael said, so like Michael said, having more than one attraction down um, impacts the their their visit. Yeah. So that's what most people said. So if anybody would like to um, read what other dizzers have said, or like to chime in and give your opinion on what would it take for you to reschedule your visit? Please um, go to the link that Tom's going to include in the show notes and and put down your opinion. Thank you, Mary Jo. Thank you, team. That is going to do it for this segment of the Dis Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland segments this week. Have a merry, merry Christmas. We'll be back with you again January 9th, 2014. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.